0: My guest today is Emily Crillette. She's a women's professional hockey player currently playing for Team Adidas. She had quite a stellar collegiate career playing for Robert Morris University and also for Ohio State playing for the Buckeyes. We'll talk about her hockey career and uh, we'll get to know a different part of Emily uh, in the second half of the show. But Emily, welcome. It's so great to have you on. Hi, thanks for
1: having me. It's great to be here.
0: Well, let's start from the beginning, because when I think of hockey early on and for people who excel at it, they have to be living in a cold weather climate. I think Michigan qualifies for that. But your dad and brothers uh, started playing hockey with you at a young age, I believe at five. Talk about that.
1: Yeah, um, so my dad played hockey growing up and I have two older brothers. They're about three and four years older than me. So naturally, whatever they did, I secretly wanted to do (laughs) between probably, um, you know, quarreling with them but um, I started yeah probably when I was five whenever I could get on skates my dad started me and we actually had uh, we would build a rink in our backyard Mm -hmm. so my dad would put a lot of love into that and then we would get out there and um, I apparently was a bit of a natural at it my dad threw me in figure skating and I guess I didn't really take to that very much because I wanted (laughs) to play hockey like my brothers so they tried me in a, um, a hockey team program and then The rest is history.
0: So was there a lot of girls to play with while you were growing up in Michigan, or was more you were playing against the boys?
1: It was mostly boys. Um, So I played boys hockey until I was about 12, and then I switched to girls at that point. And um, I still continued training with boys mostly throughout because I lived far enough north to where there weren't really that many female hockey players. Most of them are down towards the Detroit area. So mostly boys, and then I played with girls from 12 on. through
0: college. So we're living in a time now where everyone is specializing in a sport that seems to be the trend anyway but not so for you you played hockey of course but you also played volleyball soccer and softball until your junior year in high school then you focused on high school do you think that well-roundedness if you will helped you out with your hockey career?
1: Oh boy I didn't play volleyball and soccer in high school (laughs) that that I am not good enough at but Um, yeah, I did play softball through high school and I played pretty much every sport I possibly could. And I do think that there is a huge benefit to kids playing other sports. And now as a coach, I think that's something that we really encourage. I mean, people want to be on the ice, you know, seven days a week, 24 hours a day, just so they can try and be, you know, the next Connor McDavid. And I think that there's a big benefit just to like physically as a kid doing something different, um, you know, being out of the rink, so to say. But also, I mean, even just, physiologically there's a lot of benefits to not doing the same thing, especially hockey. It's like really hard on particular parts of your body. So I think there was a lot to learn from it and also kept my love of being at the rink fresh. I was never burned out of being there.
0: All right. So you graduate from high school. You're obviously have a talent for the game and you decide to go to Robert Morris university in Pittsburgh out of all places and play there. And, uh, wow, what a career you had at Robert Morris, uh, Uh, I think your first goal was a shorty, and you found the back of the net, and you said, well, I want to do this more often. So uh, at the end of your career, you had 43 goals, 48 assists. I think you broke a number of records at Robert Morris, including goals by a defenseman. But, you know, I don't associate defensemen with scoring goals, but yet alone you made uh, it in vogue, if you will, to be an offensive defenseman. But talk about your time spent at Robert Morris.
1: Oh my gosh, I'm so grateful for all the time I had at RMU. Um, I definitely was very offensive from from when I was younger, and um, I was thankful that I got the opportunity at RMU to really kind of grow into that a bit. <laughs> I had a lot of um, a lot of taming to do. When I got there, so that was awesome. And um, I had a lot of friends. It's a smaller school, so I uh, my social butterfly came out, and it really was nice to know everybody and uh, other sports teams and stuff like that. So. I had a great experience there all four years, and every teammate that I played with is just an incredible human being, too. So having those friendships is uh, something that I very much value.
0: Well, your career did not stop at Robert Morris. In fact, you decided to go to Ohio State, and you benefited by an extra year of eligibility because of the COVID year, and play for the Buckeyes, and uh, a very established program, of course, but talk about now moving up, if you will, and, and playing for the Buckeyes.
1: Yeah, so the transition to Ohio State was um, not necessarily voluntary. It was actually after um, Robert Morris cut its Men's and Women's Hockey program. So it was a bit of a chaotic transition going from one to the other. I mean, especially going from a tiny couple thousand person school to like a 60,000 person school. But um, they were incredible to take in the transfers that they had gotten and um, I learned so much not only about just excellence from Ohio State, but also just the teammates are amazing. I mean, we had like a one track mind. Everybody wanted the same goal. And, you know, obviously later on we ended up accomplishing that goal, but it was just such a blessing that I had the opportunity to go there. It's close to home. And then obviously that brought me into where I am now with having the opportunity to coach and the friends that I have and the, the community that I have now.
0: Blessed to play Ron Meyer chatting today with Emily Crollet. She's a women's pro hockey player playing for team adidas had a uh, incredible career at the collegiate level which we talked about and you had the chance to attend the usa hockey select 66 national camp in 2016 and this is the best of the best emily how was that experience for you
1: <laughs> oh my gosh that was such a cool experience i mean looking back on it, it's even cooler now because a lot of the women that were there on um, kind of as role models for us that would help quote unquote coach our teams are women that I get to play with now, which is incredible that I mean the longevity of their career, but also just getting to be around that culture of team first and seeing the USA logo. I mean, that was something that I had never really been that close to before. And just the the level of excellence that was present in all the women and all the players that were there was something that really was inspiring for me to try and pursue that goal now 10 years later
0: now when we hear of women's hockey it comes to the pinnacle or the forefront during the olympics and uh, people gravitate to that with team usa of course and like women's soccer it had to be a build-up and then women's soccer had a popularity but women's hockey pro hockey i should say right now is in the building stage if you will what what is going on to try to promote this Sport at the grassroots level and ultimately at the professional level as well
1: oh gosh that's a great question <laughs> um there's there's a lot going on i mean women's hockey grows at um, an, an incredible rate i don't want to quote a number but it's it's quite a bit more than the average boys hockey growth at the grassroots level so that's a really good sign um but also you've got you know the pwhpa which i play in and then you've also got the phf um which is another north american league and both do an incredible job of just spreading the game and putting it in front of little girls and little boys and they get to see that i mean you've got sarah nurse who is one of my teammates currently that's on the cover of nhl 23 and i mean that's that's huge because i see little boys going sarah nurse sarah nurse and they want to see her and they want to talk to her because they equate her to the equivalent of Mm -hmm. you know a men's pro player and i think that's something that you know while there is differences between us i think it's really cool to put us in a similar stage in a similar position because it it really inspires people to pursue hockey when they are the little girls that get to see what's possible.
0: All right, let's talk about the pro hockey game. I think you're just getting started in it and uh, your amateur career is over. So now you're uh, playing for some bucks, as they say. So how has that been for you?
1: (laughs) It's been definitely a challenge. I mean, it's a transition for sure. You go from being this I don't want to say pre-Madonna, but I mean, especially at Ohio State, we were treated like absolute queens. So I think the transition from, you know, being in school and having everything taken care of to, you know, needing to pay your own bills. And it's not like there's that much hockey uh, or not not that much money in women's hockey right now. So, Mm -hmm. you know, there's still the challenge of having to work and also train and um, living out of region is, is kind of challenging because I'm training with, you know, 18 year old boys and then lifting on my own and, it's definitely been been a learning experience, that's for sure, trying to figure out how to balance my time and also just how to balance my, you know, spiritual, emotional wellness in general.
0: Yeah, we'll talk about that in the second half of the show for sure, and you're getting into coaching as well, so I know that's a passion of yours to teach the game from what you learned at, at a high level.
1: Oh, it's going great. I mean, I am so lucky to have a great organization here that I work with, with the AAA Blue Jackets and the people that are in it. They just, like, fully support me and all the endeavors I have with, with pro hockey. Um, but the girls are amazing. They love me and they you know would do anything to support me just like I would to them. And the parents are great. And really, I've just had, I think I've lucked out with the people that I get to be around and learn from. Um, and that's really helped with just, I mean, being a first year team coach is really difficult. There's a lot of um, learning experiences involved in that. So I think I definitely lucked out with having people around me to support me and help me grow.
0: Well, there's there's something about playing p- sports at a high level. I mean, obviously, it's the game uh, in and of itself that could be gratifying. You have, you're you're playing and you're you're, you're you want to win, obviously. But there's those relationships that are formed and, and networking opportunities. I'm sure with your career and also playing at the pro level, you've made so many various relationships that are uh, that mean a lot to you besides playing the game itself.
1: Yeah, definitely. And like I said, I'm really blessed here with the triple a blue jackets like i was on the ice this morning with you know ahead of scouting for an nhl team like it's just incredible that i get to be around these people and just see the way that they interact with kids and that the way that their experience shows through and the way they um you know treat players run drills communicate etc um but also just i mean gosh this year with meeting all the players that i get to play with in the pwhpa i mean sitting next to somebody that i watched when i was 14 when you know a world gold medal like that's Incredible to think about, but also realizing that they're just normal human beings and they can sit down and joke around with you and have a meal with you. And it's it's really it's humbling, but it's also just really exciting because, you know, the people that you see on TV are now kind of real life to me. And um, that in itself, I think, is one of the greatest blessings I've had of being in columbus and being in the league
0: that i am all right let's take a break on the other side we'll talk about the spiritual life of emily Corlette, professional women's soccer player when blessed to play returns after this Have you ever heard someone say, you've got
1: to believe in yourself? G.K. Chesterton says the people who believe in themselves are all in lunatic asylums. You have to believe in something outside yourself. You have to believe that there's a greater reality than the one inside your head. If the only thing you believe in is yourself, your world will become very small, about the size of a padded cell. We live in a world that rejects the worship of the one true God and has substituted something called the God within. But as Chesterton says, if Jones is told to worship the God within, it ultimately means that Jones
0: shall worship Jones.
1: Spend more time with the Apostle of Common Sense. Visit Chesterton.org for more information and go to EWTNRC.com to discover more books and programs written and inspired by G.K. Chesterton.
0: From Rome, this is Edward Penton, correspondent for the National Catholic Register.
1: This is Montse Alvarado from EWTN News In-Depth.
0: Get trusted Catholic news every day on EWTN radio and television. Welcome back to blessed to play. Ron Meyer joined today by Emily Corlett. She's a women's professional hockey player playing for team Adidas. She had quite a collegiate career playing for Robert Morris university in Pittsburgh. And then one year for the Buckeyes at Ohio state and, uh, is a defenseman, but she's an offensive defenseman. She scored 43 goals during her career at RMU. And, uh, is doing a bang-up job, also on the coaching side as well, which is a passion of hers. But what we didn't talk about in the first half of the show, that Emily is a Catholic, she's a practicing Catholic, and um, she had a transformation or reconversion, if you will, to the Catholic faith. So, Emily, I know there's a process in everyone's spiritual life, and it takes a lot of dips and turns and so on and so forth, but you were raised a Catholic, but then you made it your own at some point. Why don't you tell us that story?
1: Yeah, so I, um, I'm super grateful that my parents had um, all three of us go to Catholic school. And I think part of that was out of the understanding that, you know, maybe they didn't even really know how to teach us what they wanted us to know, but they knew the values that they want us to have, um, which I'm forever grateful for, because I would not be the person I am without going to that school. Um, but then just the busyness of hockey and sport, it kind of took over a bit in high school and college. And I, I, my parents didn't want to force us to go to church. They wanted it to be a decision when we became more of young adults. And um, unfortunately, it just kind of, it didn't make sense to me. It was just more of a transactional type of approach. Um, Like I'm supposed to go to church and that's just the way it is. And um, it wasn't until my junior year of college, I um, just, I was just doing things that just didn't make sense. They weren't who I was. I was going out with people. I was, you know, drinking, I was just spending too much time doing things that, you know, weren't me. They weren't conducive to what I wanted. And although it was probably still far less than like the average college student, it just, I knew that it wasn't taking me in the direction that I wanted it to. And I knew that the five people I was around most often weren't living the life that I wanted to live. Um, And I didn't really know what was missing. So when I um, actually went home for COVID um, in March, it was right after we had lost our uh, league championship. And it was like a couple days later that I ended up going home and, um, I just had hit like a, a rock bottom, just personally, emotionally, mentally, spiritually. I just knew that something needed to change or I was just not going to be happy with wherever I ended up. Um, and thankfully, I had a very good friend at the time that kind of gently led me towards the faith and encouraged me. And I just saw something different in the way that he lived and his demeanor. And I wanted to know what the difference was. Um, so I, um, I, Ironically enough, I was at home. We were locked down. I just picked up uh, my phone and I downloaded an app and I started reading the Bible readings from every day. And mm-hmm. that's how it started. Um, I came across the ultimate training camp that was doing a virtual training camp that year because it was COVID. So I ended up doing that. That was the first time that I ever like spoke about my faith to people, mm-hmm. even though I don't think I had any idea what I was talking about. Um And then it just kind of took off from there. And I I just pursued it very heavily. Um, And I leaned on it a lot when I got back to Robert Morris for my last year there. And then all through the transition to Ohio State, it just was just a continuous learning process of learning how to pray the rosary again, learning how to go to church regularly, learning how to fit time into my day, learning how to bring my faith into my everyday activities, into hockey. And um, it really just became a pursuit. And you know, that kind of led me where I am now, but obviously it's, it's a continuous pursuit throughout all of the ups and downs that life throws at you. So that might be a bit of a long explanation, but that's kind of the nutshell of it.
0: No, it's a great explanation. and also shows that, uh, you know, when you make that commitment and openness, doesn't mean that everything in life is going to get easier, but you have some clarity in your direction. And, um, well, talk about now, you know, you're living a certain way, obviously, right? And uh, you're you're still in the hockey environment. Uh, and there's a discipline that goes along with the spiritual life that carries over to sports that you need to play at an elite level. Do you feel that you have a greater sense of peace now that you're living this type of life and, and also competing as well?
1: I definitely think it does bring a greater sense of peace. I mean, I think inherently for anyone, whether you're playing a sport or not, that it brings a greater sense of peace when you know your identity is rooted in being a a creation of God, being a daughter of God or a son of Christ. And I think that knowing my identity has helped me to get through all of these crazy ups and downs between, you know, not getting to play as much last year to transferring um, into like a professional league and, and needing to, you know, earn my way with that. Being by myself a lot. Just, I think knowing your identity and having yourself rooted in it, while it does make it more difficult. You know, doing the right thing is always going to be harder. That's, you know, partially why it's so hard to be, you know, a, a good quote-unquote good practicing Catholic or you know, taking the time to actually dig into your faith. But I think the peace of mind of knowing that you're doing what you were created to do and you're doing it to the best of your ability kind of is um, a good translation into hockey as well. When you show up and give 100% effort, whether you win or lose, you know that you did everything you can. And I think that that's kind of the same way that I like to look at my faith, that I show up in the best way that I can. And, you know, whether I feel like I did a, you know, a quote unquote good job or not, it doesn't matter. It's about the intention and the effort that I put forth to grow closer and whatever endeavor
0: that I was in. Yeah, very well said. And you're obviously by the talent that God has given you, giving glory to him by what you're doing. So that's in itself, it's a it's a prayer if you think about it. Blessed to play Ron Meyer chatting today with Emily Corlett. She's a, currently I should say, she's a women's professional hockey player. Emily, you mentioned the rosary before and there's so many different devotions, obviously with the Catholic faith and obviously the most important devotion is the mass itself. But maybe a saint that you turn to or what are those special devotions that keep you uh, spiritually um, you know, in line?
1: That's a great question. Um, I definitely have found some saints along the way that I think I really resonate with. Um, and I actually ended up rediscovering that my confirmation saint was St. Therese of Lisieux. Mm-hmm. So that was a really, that was an interesting experience. So um, I do pray to her. And then I also really love being able to use the rosary as a way to fall asleep. Um, it's something that, I had an experience with when I was younger that it kind of helped me through a difficult time when I was, I was little and um, I have the same rosary with me and I take it everywhere. And I just, whether I pray it at night or whether I pray it until I fall asleep or I just hold on to it, that's something that I kind of have a habit of. Um, and I also really like being able to just offer things up. That's kind of a habit, I guess you could say less of a prayer, more of a habit that I think is really been beneficial. Like when I'm experiencing something difficult or when I'm tired or when I don't have enough energy or whatever the case is, I think I love just having the opportunity to give something to God and say, you know what, I don't even know how to handle this right now. Or I don't have the energy to do this workout. I don't have the energy to do this. Or like, this is a really difficult rep that I'm trying to pull out. Like, I just want you to have this and you can do whatever you want with it. Take it as a gift, whatever it might be. Um, I think that's something that has really helped a lot, especially throughout, you know, <laughs> like the quote unquote grind that you mm-hmm. have, you know, of being at the rink for five hours, whether I'm coaching or playing and I think that really helps as well to put things into his hands. And then you show up on the other side of it and you're like, wow, that actually flew by or that actually was easier than I thought it was. And I think that's just the grace of God. It works when you just give him the chance to handle things that maybe we can't.
0: Yeah, no, during an athlete's life, and I know when I played, I mean, there's so much downtime with your teammates and you talk about everything from UFOs to spirituality, right? So, um, you know, uh, your teammates, the hockey world, the hockey environment, is it open to spirituality? Is it adverse to it? What is your experience with that? Um,
1: I think it's maybe a little bit of both. I think when, um, when you try and throw your faith at people in a transactional sense or in a forced conversation, it just doesn't go over very well. I think that's kind of common sense, but, you know, I think that, I even had some conversations with teammates last year, and it was more of a curiosity of the the fruits that I would see in my life. Um, there was a, there was a span of time last year where I wasn't dressing for every game. There was quite a few games that I didn't dress for, and it was just a really difficult time for me. I, I mean, you know how hard it is to work extremely hard and not get a chance to play. And I I just again by the grace of God, I just showed up with a good attitude. I just loved being at the rink. I loved my teammates. I loved showing up and saying hi and hanging out with them. And I think at some point, the fruits of God's grace of being able to be grateful and have a positive mindset and to work very hard. And um, I think those fruits are what draw people in Mm -hmm. to ask questions. And I think when you can relate that back to the root of where it came from, that's where the curiosity kind of comes in as opposed to, uh, you know, just go to church, you'll feel better. <laughs> like, that doesn't solve anybody's problems. I mean, they don't know why they're doing something. It doesn't necessarily just equals them feeling better. So I think being able to draw it back to a root and to prove it with the way that you live your life is what draws the curiosity towards spirituality.
0: Yeah, and you had that experience yourself that you mentioned with this uh, young man who— did it in a way that wasn't, you know, in your face, so to speak, but it was in a way that he just carried on and lived his life. His witness of life drew you in. And I guess that's the most important way we could uh, do that or reflect what's uh, uh, transforming us inside is by by that witness. Blessed to play Ron Meyer once again chatting with Emily Curlet. Uh She knows how to find the back of the net as a defenseman, and there's not too many defensemen that I've heard of that could have 43 goals in their uh, college career, uh, at least with one team with RMU and she had probably a couple more with uh, Ohio State. But let's lighten it up a little bit. You're from Michigan and uh, your favorite team is the Red Wings. Uh, no surprise there. But uh, were you a big NHL fan and did you go to a lot of Red Wings game growing up?
1: um i I wouldn't say that I necessarily went to a lot of games growing up because it was a bit it was a bit far from home, and I mean honestly, I was usually practicing at the same exact time um but i I did love watching hockey when I was growing up, particularly when I got a little bit older um and obviously, you know my dad grew up a huge fan and both my brothers as well, so definitely watched a lot of hockey was around it um a lot, and I was actually fortunate to be around a lot of n h l players who would bring their families back to Michigan to live um, or while they were still playing. So yeah, it's definitely a big hockey fan um, and definitely enjoy watching it more now as well, obviously with the appreciation for it.
0: So you're a defenseman. So who's that uh, defensive player that you look up to in the NHL or have looked up to?
1: Oh man, there's so many incredible players right now um, that I love to watch, but oh. I actually, one of the players that I always looked up to was Nick from obviously just for his Sheer level level of excellence. Mm-hmm. Um, but the player that I definitely resonate most with is Marty St. Louis. Um, just to the background of his story and the adversity he had to go through um, with finding his way to the NHL. Something that I really admire, and that's particularly why I, po- I chose the number 26 while I was at um, Ohio State.
0: Awesome. And what's the ultimate goal for Emily Krelett as on the hockey side? Is it uh, making it to the women's national team? What is what is your goals? Or you just take it as as it comes.
1: Yeah, I mean, goal has always been to be an Olympic gold medalist. Mm -hmm. I mean, I know it's kind of a high standard. but That's something that I always dreamt of, always wanted. And, um, you know, I'm really lucky that I have the opportunity to play with those women. And the next step now is just continuing to get better. So hopefully I can be wearing um, red, white and blue eventually one day. Well,
0: let's hope that comes to fruition. Emily Corlett has been our guest, does a bang up job on the ice for sure. She's currently playing professional women's hockey and uh, had a really great career at the collegiate level and continues to influence young people, teach the game, but also probably teaches them some things about life. Emily, thanks so much for coming on. I really do appreciate it, uh, talking a little bit about your career, but also about you and the witness of your faith. Greatly appreciate it. Thanks for coming on. Blessed to play.
1: Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it.
0: Hey, Blessed to Play fans, check us out on the web at www.blessedtoplay.com. That's blessed, the number two, play.com. You can like us on Facebook. Hit us up on Twitter at Blessed to Play. For Emily Corlett, I'm Ron Meyer. We'll catch you next time right here on Blessed to Play. You've been listening to Blessed to Play with host Ron Meyer on the EWTN Global Catholic Network. If you have a question or comment about today's show, feel free to email us at Info at blessedtoplay.com. That's blessed, the number two, play.com. You can also connect with the show on the web at www.blessedtoplay.com. Again, that's blessed, the number two, play.com. Join us again next time for Blessed to Play on the EWTN Global Catholic Network.